Sharpen your claws and break out the bubs. It's a Wolverine episode. But other stuff, too. But mostly Wolverine. Yeah, mostly Wolverine. It's mostly, I, I know, other stuff, but... One little nugget of other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to the X-Wife Podcast. I'm Alicia. And I'm Justine. Bubs. I was, I was about to get nervous. Because now I feel like I got to say something else other than Justin. Before it was just yeah, like... Yeah, just I gotta... like VCs. <laughs> but that's the difference. That's the difference. I, I can't say the same thing. I'm just going to be like, I'm Justin again today, every time. <laughs> That'd be, you, know. you are who you are. That's true. That's true. I'll recycle some things. Yeah, you can recycle. That's good for the environment. Lame. Don't say that. I'm so not lame. I am the coolest. Okay, well, anyway, today, I'm. you can't dispute it. I'm the coolest. No words from you. Don't move your mouth. I see you going. Anyway, today we're talking about, ooh, the excellent number three, Wolverine Patch number two, X-Force number 28, and Wolverine number 21. AKA Deadpool number two. Yes. I got some news for a little midweek update. Oh, snap. Yes, this is part two of, of our new comic book day extravaganza. Right. It just feels like one long week extension. We did not get to it over the weekend as I think we had intended because it was your birthday and also I didn't want to. <laughs> so, But we are here now. Yeah. So what's the news? Morph! You want to talk about things that are relative to Wolverine. Oh. There was first revealed on the 20th, so I guess that would have been Friday, the box art for the new Hasbro Marvel Legends Morph animated figure Uh in the same style of the VHS boxes that we've seen the other ones go. My first two of that line should be coming in soon, Wolverine and Jubilee. But Morph, his first ever action figure. Wow. People have demanded it. You, the American public, the international public, have demanded Morph. Which Do you is, think that's because he's coming back in the animated series? Maybe. Uh, honestly, I feel like that's what the whole line is about. Mm-hmm. So, But it also it looks a lot like my makeshift custom that has predominantly stayed on my shelf since I made it. Well, there you go. Just another the- sign that you should be working for... Hasbro Marvel Legends team. Yeah. Speaking of Marvel Legends, I have Infinity Saga Thor because a new Thor Love and Thunder trailer came out late last night. I don't Ooh, think you've seen it. I haven't seen it. We get to actually see Gore, the God Butcher. Oh, snap. A little little interaction between Thor and Thor. Thor and Thor. Cause, he Thor and she Thor. Right, right. Because isn't his name still Thor? Like, that's his name. That's not just his title. Yeah, I think that's, that's his... his name. Right, right. So. I didn't know her name became Thor. Well, she is the mighty Thor. You know, Jane Foster, the mighty, you know, whatever. Oh, yeah, you're right. That is like what her comic he, is called. He, whoever, or whoever shall hold this meow meow becomes the, <laughs> the meow meow. Becomes the Thor. All right, well, that's good news. I'll have to watch that. Bunch of covers. Bunch of covers. As they should. Always coming. Exciting your eyeballs and teasing you at the details of what's to come. Anything in particular that stuck out to you? The issue five, I believe it is, of the Knights of X. That was an interesting group dynamic with Merlin on the cover as well as Saturnine and Betsy between them. Almost as if, like, is she becoming the Omniversal Majestrix? I don't think so. Betsy? 
Last last bit of news. It was a Ben Percy heavy week in the part two, at least with mm-hmm. X Force and Wolverine. And I made it that much more Ben Percy by starting to read his novel, The Unfamiliar Garden, which mm-hmm. I've been really enjoying. I'm about seven chapters in, plus the preface. That's uh, really good. Wow, another thing to read, which I'm actually excited about getting back into reading novels. Yeah, I've had this novel sitting on the table for a while. I just haven't read fiction in a bit outside of the comics. Outside of comics. Hey, so what are we talking about first? Oh, well, let's talk about The Excellent first. We'll talk about it. Briefly. The Excellent number three. I will say, and I think I said it with two, I liked it a little bit more. And it might just be because I'm I'm learning these characters and I'm starting to care about these characters because, again, I still have not read Ecstatics. I've tried that one time. I have not returned to it. This is this was my favorite issue of this so far. Really? Yeah. That's great. I didn't grumble through the whole thing. I know. I heard no forced breath out of the nose. <laughs> I can always tell when Alicia's hate reading a comic. <laughs> <laughs> that's true it's so true. i do that <laughs> you do I it. turn a page and then something happens <sighs> and it's like, uh, another one but yeah this this was a a good issue an all right issue of this one and we've got mysterious dr strange background on the cover yeah holding teams. all the teams Face in off. his hand well, crack that bad boy open page turn noise <laughs> Title page, New Blood, New World, part three. Written by Peter Milligan, art by Michael Doc Aldred, colorist Laura Aldred, letter Nate Picos. Um, excuse me. Nate Picos of Blambot. He's of Blambot, okay? I don't know why That's they... his royal name. <laughs> Nate Picos of Blambot. Master Picos de Blambot. <laughs> And it used to be of Blambot Studios. They took the studios off. Well, now it's Blambot little R in a circle. Oh. You mean registered trademark? Little R in a circle. <laughs> Mirror Girl struggling with her identity of who she is. I thought that well, this you was know, interesting. I'm glad because yeah. I'm sick of her just Flipping letting around. this dude control her life. And yeah. I'm ready to see her take a stand against him. He's the worst. He is the worst. And it seems like other people in the comic are ready to take a stand against him. The the new members of the team that are introduced don't seem to be down. The new members of the team. Let's talk about them for a second. <laughs> I don't fully understand either of their powers. So Stripe, right? Yeah. Stripe. And Fluff. Stripe can she has the power over all things stripey? Yep. What does that even mean? If it has a stripe, she can control it. Watch out, roads. Watch out, button down shirts. Business attire beware. You're in for a scare. And then Fluff. Fluff. He has a the ability to generate bucket loads of s- oh. of fuzz. Yes. Like lint. Yes. What does that do? Distracts you. It f- makes it so you can't breathe? Yeah. You could make those buckets in someone's lungs. I guess. But anyway. We go, we go back to the Ecstatics HQ. Smith and Mike getting into it. Yeah. Turf war. Turf Who's war. Who's in charge? Yeah, whoever shouts the loudest. 
Calling in a new helper, Girl Joe. Girl Joe. Mr. Sensitive, I, I do like the nod to his respect in the lingo and, and mm. Girl Joe acknowledging that. I thought that was a, a cool contemporary nod to pronouns and, and perspective. Yeah. And, and respecting boundaries and groups of people. And I also think it's in just another interesting way to look at, what's his name? Zeitgeist? Yep. As sort of outdated right. and like... The antithesis of Mr. Sensitive. Yeah, just not not willing to really be of the people. Like, he's not about the people. He's just about himself. He's about so himself and his followers. His um, lack of compassion and understanding is exposed in a new way in this issue. Well, let's rock out in the Sanctum Sanctorum. Something bad's going to happen one of these times if he keeps making this guy teleport them. Yeah. Well, I think it started to happen in this issue, right? Yeah. And Doctor Strange is going away. I thought that there was it was funny to me that it was like, oh, Doctor Strange is in this issue. And, oh, Morgan Le Fay is in this issue. And, oh, the book of whatever it's called. Vishanti. The book of Ashanti is in this issue. The book of Ashanti. And then I'm like, okay, so just all these random things from the Marvel Universe that are like, somewhat prevalent in other stories that just happen to be popping up here. Yep. But even Doctor Strange isn't really in the issue. He's just having his house ransacked. Yeah, like what is the purpose of this? It's just like, oh, we could do something cool. So we went to destroy some stuff in Doctor Strange's house. They're just trying to get those views. Peep those eyeballs. Rabble rousers. Yeah. Ruffians. Riffraff. That's what they are. Yeah. Those dang kids. Oh, we get that Morgan Le Fay cameo, right? Aren't, that's who Doctor Strange is fighting with? Yes. Out in the occult library, kind of a similar, similar location to the magic library in uh, yes. Limbo. A magic library indeed. I love the X pool on the next page as we catch back up with the <laughs> ecstatics and they're just hanging out there. Just chilling in their pool, observing the no good being done. We're going to take him down. Old-fashioned newspaper style. Yep. We're just going to say bad things about them. They're losing followers and they don't like it. Zeitgeist is not happy. But he's... Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing, Fluff. It's good. Nice of you to stand up to Zeitgeist. But maybe don't then also be a misogynist. Yeah, right. (sighs) You know, you, you can't pick your heroes in this. And it's very clear that they all have flaws regardless of... Who or what they stand against. Stay out of this, sweetheart. I'm defending your pretty self. Right. Rude. Rude. And then Girl Joe is being attacked. Yeah, by all these protesters that this is basically angering the far right or. (laughs) Yeah, basically. And Mirror Girl's got questions. And a romance is brewing. Ooh, with you go gal? Yes, I think. You gone gal? Something like that. Something like that. Mike. Which is and undermining Mr. Sensitive too. Well, I told Cahoots. you power struggle is yeah. happening. Which is, so you liked this one more than the other two. Any particular reason why? Um, I think because there was a little bit more of a story outside of the fact that it was just about getting likes and follows and views. Like yeah. there was an additional outside character, plus there's the stuff going on with Mirror Girl. Like it felt like there was more developed content yeah more meat to the story 
Yeah, which makes sense. I, I mean, I feel like even in the first issue, there was a whole lot going on, but nothing really happening. Happened, right? Yeah. It was just all these characters. They've got beef, and you don't know it, or what are they up to? And they're doing these ridiculous things. And now it's slowly peeling back layers and getting into who these characters are for newer readers yeah. who Stream. might not have, especially for the ecstatics, might not have any connection to those characters. Yes, it's streamlining the story a little bit more. I don't have any other questions. That's fine. Let's move on. Wolverine, patch number two. Slicing it up. I, I like these covers. I like this comic. I, I still, it's just a classic, fun Wolverine adventure. Mm-hmm. Mutant versus mutant in Madripoor. It's a nice sunset fight. Yeah. Now it's Wolverine all the time. Here we go. Page turn noise. Get a recap oh. dossier. It's a, it's a title page. Wolverine patch. That's it. That's the title. Yeah, that's all you need. Gives you the goods. Gives you what you need. Gives you a recap in a stylized format. It's like a data page of classic comics. Written by Larry Hama. Pencils by Andrea DeVito. Inks by Labine Underwood. Colors by Sebastian Cheng. Is it just Clayton Coles or... It seems like there's a smudge before oh. the man's name is independent it, would, it, would it be self. VCs? It might be. Might be. All right, let's dig in. Patch in the woods. Sniffing that blood. Love the art. Love the yes. art in this. And I feel the like that's what, so what pulls me in. And it's also, it's a simple story, but it's complex in the number of pieces that are going on. You know, it's just, it's Wolverine. He's upset. He's in a suit. Layers. Layers. Slicing through the onions. We got a, a, a set of patches. <laughs> Catch back up with our, our Russian supercharged mutants. They're, one of them's not doing well. No, well, you know, you fought Wolverine. And you were very confident about how you could defeat this little man. They thought they killed him, but they didn't. They didn't. But that's okay because that saves room for the Madriporians. Yeah. To shoot him with arrows. They're just looking out for their people, their land. Who, who is this guy? He's not going to die there either. Because he's Wolverine. He can't he's die. Wolverine. He's the guy on the cover. How are you going to have part three? Don't know, but Nick Fury's doing some recon. He's always keeping his eye open. We've got a KGB agent, Tatiana Nemekova. They're following her. They're seeing what she's up to. She's meeting with a prince. Hey. She's meeting with a prince, but... Nick Fury, you don't get to know what's going on because there's a plane flying in your way. Right. But that plane is going to listen in. It's all distractions. Layers. Patch is going to team up with the Madriporians. He's going to say, what's up? Are we on the same team? Little jungle negotiations. Do we have the same enemy? Yeah, we do. These tattoo guys shooting up everybody. Oh, no. At first, we're afraid. Is Wolverine dead? Again? No. Has Patch died? He doesn't. No, he's he doesn't, still he can't, alive. He can't do that. Just in case you guys forgot, he keeps coming back. His suit gets bloodier and bloodier. Oh, this poor guy. This poor guy who has no idea. He's going to steal his wallet and then, boom, yeah. snick to the chin. I feel like that's a classic Wolverine move. You just plays possum until you get in close. And then, you Slice you open. Then you did. And we travel him through the jungle and, uh... We've got a new friend. A new sky magician, as they call them. 
Mm. Someone who is able to hide the entire group in this cave. Quite interesting. Slashy, slashy, stabby, stabby, you know, Wolverine and stuff. More blood. More fighting. Now the dogs are coming in. Now the dogs are coming in. But the dogs, they're scared. Yeah. They, they recognize the top dog. It's like, hey, is that a person or just a just not so hairy dog? Smells like death. Gotta go. Dogs are out. It's just the layers of groups coming together in the end as all of our players seem to be fighting for the same piece of pie. Who's going to win? Who's going to get it? I hope it's Nick Fury. Oh, really? You don't think it maybe is Patch? But then... The deep thoughts of Wolverine as we meet Miss Jean Grey. Oh, Miss Jean Grey. Kind of an astral form living inside his memory. Is that is that what that's supposed to be? I think so. But we'll find out next on the next issue with a totally surreal visit from Jean Grey. So I guess, yeah, we will. I guess we will. Oh, man. How do I get a astral projection of you living inside my head? It's already there, baby. I know. It's already there. <laughs> what did you like this one? I did. I did. More it's, than the last one? Um probably the same. Probably the same. I don't really remember the last one as like leaving a you know, a bold impact on my memory. I met Larry Hama that weekend. Oh yeah. That's really what sticks out in my mind. I mean, I think it's a fun story to read and it doesn't greatly impact any other story that i'm reading so i can just read it enjoy it and let it go yeah and uh, honestly as we were going through that's what made me think of is i enjoyed it but at the same time i don't have to think about anything else i can just enjoy it and not be like oh well and then this means that this group is going to be and then over here just live in the moment just live in the moment but now to get into the over thinky krakoan world building it's time it's time for x-force number 28 The feeling when I finally realized that wasn't Juggernaut. (laughs) What? This whole time. No pause at the Omega symbol or telekinetic power signature. Just, yeah, Juggernaut's an X-Force. That makes sense. That makes sense. It's going to be in Legion of X. Uh, It's on the island. Or not. All right. I mean, it's a fun cover, even if it's not Juggernaut. Yeah, yeah. So let's do it. Let's dig in. Page turn noise. Horror movie vibes. Oh, yes. Our monster gains language and can also project its victims. Which is quite interesting. Right. So this is like a mental scan of Forge. The Cerebro backup of him personified or or at least the, the last scan of his brain that it just took. That's the Forge. That would be... Put back in the husk of Forge. I believe so, yeah. Or at least I would think, yes. But at the same time, this Forge knows he was eaten. Mm. So it was like an instantaneous backup while he was dying. Well, maybe it has the power to back up your brain as it's consuming it. That's what I'm thinking. That it like ingests the data. I wonder if it keeps the catalog of Cerebro files otherwise or if it can access them or if this is how it's... I don't understand how it's gaining powers yeah, as it goes. There's a lot about this issue that I don't understand. Yep. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I've after Lives and Deaths of Wolverine, I've just sort of... I'm letting it go. I'm just letting it come to me. The information 
will come as it comes. It'll make sense along the way. And maybe it will, maybe it won't. Maybe it won't. Maybe it'll and just be confused just the whole time. And that's just what it is. Sometimes, yeah. But they have to eat. Yeah. And they have to build. It just, it takes a big leap. Oh, yeah. If you eat a bunch of mutants, you become one. Like the ultimate mutation of you are what you eat. Mm-hmm. I love this one page, the, yes. the art page of all of the data scans of mutants on the island. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. But they build the mission. They must consume. They must be curious. They have so much to eat and so much to learn. Title page, Power Hungry. Cerebrax. Written by Benjamin Percy, art by Robert Gill, colors by Guru EFX, letters by Joe Caravagna. Oh, VC is Joe Caravagna. Oh, Joe. Oh, Joe's VC's one. Into the gardens for some healing and or some investigations. Let's just frame what we know through investigation. I feel like that was an interesting thing that actually repeats. It's like, hey, we showed you this crazy thing, and then the next couple of pages, we kind of make some sense of it all. We're going to give you a little bit of an idea of what's happening. Intercut with murder panels of Havoc and Polaris getting eaten up, which, cool to have Polaris in here as a power, but shouldn't she be elsewhere? <laughs> shouldn't she be doing X-Men things? I and mean... When does that happen? When does she come back? I like that they've given the robot its powers. Time is nothing. Yeah. Glad Cecilia has some page time here. Mm, yes. And how is this happening? Well, Sage immediately has a theory. And I get it. It's her power. It's just fun to see. It's, like, it's almost like, duh, Beast, how could you not get this? Right. And I'm over here like, girl, I don't get it. I don't get it. But I'm glad you do. And you are the point of view character for this moment to explain to us. It is interesting that what she's saying is basically that Professor X and Jean gave Cerebrax, which it's not called Cerebrax at this point yet. Right, it's just Cerebro. Gave it its power by helping to make it sentient somehow. Yeah, I can only speculate that the psionic interference of Jean and Professor X had something to do with it. As Logan portaled through time, the Cerebro unit became a kind of nexus for their collective consciousness. And that was always kind of the conversation of how are they doing this? It's one connection to another through a third person. So you're opening this, you know, it's learning technology from the other unit and or experiencing the mental memories of all three of them intertwined actively. It's It stretches what a Cerebro would have done. I don't understand how that then makes it evolve in this way or grow tentacles or, you know. Yeah. I feel like there's a there's a piece that I thought we were going to get with sticking it in a black hole and, and that does something, but nope. even that I, I didn't understand. But Yeah, I don't get it, but I'm here for the I'm ride. here for it, yeah, right? We got a murder machine. That's all you need to know. This murder machine is eating people's faces up, just the top half, just the top half and the juicy brains inside. Just the juicy brain bits. Yeah, this is a zombie machine. Meanwhile... The Crucible. Yeah. The Quintanaut. Visually cool, but overall kind of disappointing as I thought it was Juggernaut. But what is cool even more so is what it introduces. Well, cool is a story concept, but yeah. not cool. Yeah. I, I not almost, cool. Well, not cool, but like interesting. It's It's definitely a different take on other things that have happened. 
and especially the idea it introduces this further perversion of the resurrection protocols and essentially the use of people for government gain and property. Yep. There's so much to question. Like, Silver Samurai's place, does he have any control? He seemingly is is fighting for that or, or questioning that himself in the conversation. Mm-hmm. And then Wolverine wakes him up. But it's like, he's not asleep. He's meditating or he's projecting his mind into these husks. Right. So all of it's actually really happening. Right. It's because at first I thought, is it on the astral plane? No, this is actually Silver Samurai fighting a Quentin choir juggernaut that's being puppeted telepathically and telekinetically in some weird new way. It's weird, Quentin. And somehow it seems like Silver Samurai is under Quentin's influence as well. So he's manipulating two things at once. Yeah. And like, dude, you got your own body. Lay off Emma, Beast, Wolverine, Domino, and Colossus. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. And and I do like, again, this is the same thing that I was saying before. We are introduced to an idea and then... We frame it with another couple pages of like, wait, what what was I just seeing? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, let's explain it to Wolverine as he first understands it. And then a really supporting data page. But it's crazy. This idea is just crazy. And the five make a lot of really valid points in this data page. Yeah. Like X-Force, you're getting out of control. Yeah. Yeah. You've got way too many things that you think you have power over. And I loved the snarky little, you know... The first paragraph. Yes, we are aware of your senior ranking. Yes, we know Xavier has given you carte blanche as an institution. We understand that you get front of the line resurrection and priority. And if you instruct us to cook, it has been noted that we should cook without question. I just, I love the sass. Seething with sarcasm. I love it. I love the sass. I'm here for it. The five. Yeah. Is this where some of the more natural starts of chimeras come from? Because that's what I'm interested in. Is wouldn't this be a base level type of that? I started calling them choir mirrors because you know that's just what oh, I do. No, <laughs> just delete that from your record. As much as I recognize and respect what the five are saying, especially with it being Quentin, this is kind of great in a in a way of it unlocking another way not in in the way that he's doing it without volunteer or notice it's just they're they are creating a new type of mutant well not really like essentially what they're doing is they're they're experimenting with the idea that a your your consciousness doesn't have to go into your original husk right and which is the start of the conversation for chimeras right but also, if the if the five have to give X Force front of the line resurrection, Quentin is not dead. He's fully alive, right? He's and just, he's, he's wasting playing. the five's time. Sure. Who else are they resurrecting though? Like, let's like be honest. Anybody else? <laughs> the millions and millions of mutants who are dead. Yes, absolutely. Like this is a waste of time, and it's a it's a tick in the cons column for quentin sure but thinking about how twisted it is but how many crazy applications it could have because it's not just resurrecting or or creating a husk of juggernaut it's mapping quentin choir's dna over a husk of someone else so what they're doing is essentially new science new technology in the pursuit unconscious pursuit of chimeras yes opposite separate from 
sinister. Thank you for saying unconscious. Sure. Because they don't, they're not, no one on X-Force, Quentin is not thinking of this as, how can this help mutants? How is this good for Krakoa? He is just thinking of his silly little self. Generally, no one on the island is thinking, how can this help mutants? How can this be better for everyone? It's just, how can I make me look great and be great? And then maybe that benefits some other people. I feel like I disagree with you. I think there are a few mutants who care about the greater good. Like Cypher? Maybe. Also Storm. Also Nightcrawler. Also Kate. Also Bishop. <laughs> um, Not Charles. <coughs> but theoretically also Emma. I don't know. Uh-uh. And see, even, even some of the other ones, I feel like there can be a story written otherwise. Oh, well. I guess there could be. You know, is is Nightcrawler really just in pursuit of this this role to be a great thinker of Krakoa and and you, to be the the philosophic? How dare you? <laughs> Nightcrawler is my favorite X Man. Yes, how dare you speak you, of him? You like roast this? the ones you love. You you no. pick and you prod and you question and no, I disagree. You know, if is, we were taking a standardized test, I would fill in the dis- strongly disagree bubble right now. That's fine. Scantrons be gone. We are having a conversation. <laughs> anyway, back to the comic we're talking about. But the the humans are manipulating mutant DNA to give them more powers. Why shouldn't the mutants be doing the same thing? Was the end argument that I came up on. Yes, it's icky. Yes, it's messed up because it's happening to people's bodies without their knowledge. Or at least clones of their bodies. Yes, it's Quentin Quire who's leading this investigation, which is not who you would want, but someone's doing it. Someone's making this step in mutant technology in a different direction. But there's no thought or research put into how this how this can be applied across mutantdom. It's right. very specific to right. Quentin's DNA. Right. Well, you you experiment and then you take notes. And Not then, enough data points. Yeah, you right. You need multiple mutants participating in this if you're going to think that it has anything. But so my point is that it doesn't happen just multiple mutants start doing this until one person, you know, like crack a few omelets to uh, crack a few eggs to make an omelet. You know, you got to mess up in some way so you can learn from it and grow it. Poppycock. <laughs> That's what I say. Hogwash. Hogwash. I don't agree with what he's doing. I'm just interested in where he's going. Yeah, yeah. Back to the story. (laughs) These thirst quenchers. Really interesting revelation of Sage's character story that's been happening off panel and how she's been affected by everything going on and just the drinking. Yeah, who'd she sleep with, though? Yeah, right. We don't know. I gotta know. We saw her get in a fight with Gorgeous George in the first issue of... The Green Lagoon. Well, we got to go back to the Green Lagoon and we got to look for some panels of Sage having a drink and see who she's having a drink with. Who did she sleep with? I need to know. Yeah. But anyway. I do like the parallel that's being drawn between Sage and Omega Red, like trying to pull him in and understand, like, hey, here's some connection. Here's some, mm-hmm. we're not so different, you and I. I like we have to drink. shared experiences. You like to eat You like flesh. to murder and... I like to tie one on. Is he going to be different this time around? He's on the covers coming up, so I think so. I think some change of heart. That exit line has he's in his cave because why does someone hide in the cave? So they can hunt, so they can feed. It's the same thing that Cerebro is doing later on as we find. Oh, interesting. 
the sealed off cradle as Wolverine's giving his sage advice, his pep talk that he gave to Quentin Guire. Safety is an illusion, kid. Life will kill you. X-Force is here to slow down that killing. That's all we can do. But now it's time for Wolverine and Domino to investigate what's going on here. Right, because the cradle's not opening. It's supposed to just open in response to their presence. This is their secret X-Force hideout. And I I love Domino's Krakoan upgrade and wonder what else it could look like. Like thinking about Forge's Krakoan mech suit and Captain Krakoa himself and this really being the first of these upgrades that we've ever seen way early on in this run. Yes. We're breaking in. We're breaking in. We find some bodies. Some kind of nondescript bodies, if yeah. I'm going to be honest. I, I tried to understand who these might be. I, I got Polaris and Havoc. Those are the clear giveaways and, and especially the powers that are then later utilized. Because otherwise, it's just kind of like vaguely colored body, vaguely colored body. Is that multiple man with his jacket? Maybe is that cannonball wearing purple? I don't know. I don't know. I just feel like if it's done for effect, that's interesting. Or it's like, oh, look at these. But it's it's also, there's a lot of information being not communicated in how leveled up has this Cerebro unit become. Each one of these mutants had a power and intelligence that... It is now apparently able to use. Taken on, yeah. And we've got another data page here. Which I thought was going to be, oh, yeah, this person's power, this person's power, these people died. But no, no, we get a surprise visit from an old friend. We've got a message in a bottle, so to speak. Yeah, this is the Chronicler trying to reach Colossus or someone on the island for help, which is cool. It makes a lot of sense for where we would get a lead in to the larger Russian conflict. You know, trying to, I'm a mutant, I'm being captured and and manipulated and used against my will. And Colossus, you're not who you think you are. Let's help each other. Right, right. Very scary. Yeah, well, especially if Mikhail finds out. Oh, the cuckoos. Ah, I just, who likes these girls? They're just so angry and arrogant. I I, mean, sometimes I like them. Sometimes. But right here, I was like, girls, come on. Quentin's trying to warn you about something, and you're just being little butt faces. I get it. He's terrible as well, but at the same time, he's genuinely coming over concerns trying to tell you about a danger on the island. And you're like, well, we've got swimming to do. It's fine. We're fine. We don't need your protection. I love the jetpack that he comes in with, though. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And I do also, I love the continuation and, and... real play of Quentin's sad love story continuing. You know, it just feels like it could have been let go and just, Mm. but it becomes another beat of the story that's juggling and how it affects inner character relationships because they're a big part of the island, especially even more so after Emma gave them more power with the Hellfire Trading Company. Yes. And it just, at the same time, it makes me dislike the Cuckoos and Quentin Choir. (laughs) Got a We Are Venom moment. The Havoc blasts coming out of Cerebro in that center panel. That's See, that's disturbing to me. How can Cerebro use those powers? That's what I'm saying. That's why I, I question a lot of this, but, you know. It's going to be all the mutants together now? Or at least a handful. It reminds me of that Infinity comic where the superhuman adaptoid was oh, all his mutant powers. Oh, yeah. And- Interesting. And also interesting how um, 
So Cerebro is, this Cerebro is made out of adamantium? I guess. And Wolverine can't slice uh, it, but no, he, he, does he does slice it. Yeah, he slashes through the tentacles. But he does, but then it says, but it's got my metal. Oh, that's because Polaris. So this oh. three-panel stack is essentially Cerebrax playing with his food as he flicks Wolverine against the wall and then brings him back up. Oh. And then that's what's going on with his claws in that, that four-panel below. All of this makes so much more sense to me because I did not know what was happening. Where it's like I'm this not gonna lie. reverse stabbing into himself with his own claws that's is being... Yeah. Yuck. Oh, Ben and your body horror. But so... Cerebro took Cerebro and X-Force and came up with Cerebrax. I worked it out a couple times. Cerebrox, Cerebrex, Cerebrax. Yeah, I like that one. Go with that one. Cerebrax. Print it on a business card. I don't know if Cerebro and X-Force make Cerebrax. What is it? X-Bro? Cerebra- Cereforce. Cereforce. Cere- <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, where's yeah. the axe? Is it just literally just the taking X. the X? It's, it's literally, yeah. It, it's odd because it's the AX. It should be Cerebrox, if anything. If you're going to add the X onto like, where does the A come from? There's no A, There's no A in X either of these words. That's okay. but it, But anyway. Cerebrax. It's Cerebrax. discovered itself. It has a name. And Domino has an epic action sequence as she explodes in his face. Kaboom. Nope, I'm sorry. Chrome. Chrome. Oh, I love the onomatopoeia. And just the scurrying away, he bolts. It he must bolts. have really been damaged by that blast. But if it gets the wrong mutant, it could gobble up all of Krakoa as it's headed for black. And it's interesting because I at first thought that Black Tom had been gotten already, but he had just been like scared and he ran away or he retreated into Krakoa to, right? Because they found him, his face in the ground that one time. I think that was last issue. Mm hmm. But look at this preview art. That looks like a giant Krakoa cerebrax. It does. That's scary. Rampage is the word, too. The tease that that kind of lends itself to a big scary monster island. Big scary monster island. What'd you think? Big picture? Would you? Where you at with X Force this week? I feel as though the better of the three comics were discussed in our first episode. Yep, that's why they were in the first episode. I did like this issue, but I just feel like in reading it. My brain is making like a scrunchy face. I'm right. like, what? <laughs> Trying to understand. Like, what the is logic. happening here? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I need a little bit more information, or I need to just go in the complete opposite direction and just completely suspend all this belief and not worry about any logistics or like trying to figure it out and just let it be what it be. Yeah. Yeah. And it just also feels as though. I enjoyed the issue. I like the new ideas that are building in. This is another big threat that will either, well, let's be honest, it will likely not be dealt with throughout this arc. It will disappear into the background somehow and then gain power as everything else in X-Force has. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of the thing that that 
irks me. I was going to say upsets, but I think irks is a better word. Um, When you think about where this falls in relation to everything else that's going on in Krakoa, like, you know, Immortal X-Men and and all these other storylines that are going on, like, I just don't understand how a giant Cerebro engulfing Krakoa and all the mutants' powers is not more prevalent in the other books. Like, it just feels like a little wonky in that sense. Yeah, as though it should be an all-island alert. Yeah. Like, it should be elevated to the Quiet Council already. Yeah, yeah. 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 I'd agree with that. And I feel like that often happens is that X-Force is kind of trying to play in its corner and make it big and threatening, but not too big and too threatening that it, it feels like an island-wide thing, that they are the you know, the CIA, but what does that really mean? Is it island defense? Is it like recon missions? A little yeah. bit of both? I it mean, it like seems when, like it's both. When it was focusing on, you know, what what goes on with the X desk and stuff like that, which seems to be more the Wolverine driven story that feels a little bit more tangible to me, but this feels like how is this, uh, where's this falling in the timeline? How Cerebrax eating Polaris's brain, but the X-Men don't know about it. That's what, yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah. And it just, it also just builds another threat, you know, and, and the fact that it's a technological threat, has me wondering is that how or why it sticks around or yeah you know and especially something that seemingly is growing to be very strong how will they deal with this it's just also interesting to me like okay so we're so now we're going into technical technological threats so we've got robot moira we've still got nimrod and omega sentinel we've got cerebrax and oh we've also got danger like it's just there's a lot happening, but I'm just trying to, you know, if you take each book for what its own book is, each title, then great. This is but explicitly you, dealing with Cerebrax and the building threat of a Cerebro unit gone rogue. Yeah. Yes, but when you try to look at the larger picture, that's when I get start to question things a right. little. But I did think it was a good issue. Yeah. I thought the art was really beautiful. I thought it definitely had me asking a lot of questions, which... Always makes me intrigued as to what the next part of the story is going to bring. Yeah. And I'm excited about the sass from the five. The fact that they included yes. Sage on that message and it wasn't just a beast. Yes. Which I thought was great. Um, the Chronicler Russia story coming back in. It's a lot of plots juggling or threats building just in this title. Mm-hmm. And, and like we've said many times, nothing has been resolved. So they're all still kind of it's just basically seeding the world with more and more threats and maybe that's the point or maybe that's what Percy's trying to do is just continuing to add those threats I just you want something to yeah you do want a little bit of a payoff but also it is nice to contrast the idea that Wolverine was sort of battling with internally at the beginning of all of this which is you know becoming complacent and feeling just safe. too safe yeah so at least now you know that you you're not feeling safe because anything could go wrong at any moment and it's also interesting to contrast that with so percy has even said his two main characters are beast and wolverine mm-hmm. and beasts intrigue with that danger that threat and how to learn from it and right. that, that kind of harnesses itself in terra verde and terra verde you think of existing in this issue in this comic and then becoming more of like a larger world threat. So is that 
house. I would assume the same with Mikhail at some point when mm. that story comes to a head is that he's building his own Russian mutant army, essentially, yeah. silently. Plus in his a regular own. army. Right, right. Well, I got some questions. Okay. We kind of already got into this a, a decent amount, but the choir mirrors. Thoughts on what he's doing, how he's going about it, where it could lead to. I don't like it. <laughs> I think it could lead to like a bunch of Quentin monsters running around. Yep. And I like what's happening with those husks when you decide you don't want them anymore, Quentin. Yeah. Where are they going? And like the dollar discount you, bin, apparently. Yeah, just like what are you? <sighs> and, and so what are you preventing from happening? Who are you preventing from being resurrected because you want to play this little game with yourself? Right. But then if you look at it, and, and I started to think about in contrast to, is this Beast's ego rubbing off on him? You know, working together, like by whatever means necessary, we do the things that we need to do. Is this in con- combination with the fact that he has progressively been editing himself and, and giving notes like, this is how I want to be. This is how I want to be. Well, I could just excise this memory or I could put my memory in something else. You know, th- how long has he been toying with these ideas of just development of self to be the weapon that he feels that he needs to be to be able to defeat everything? Well, I think it it's both, you know, being the weapon that he needs to be and a little bit of like self-consciousness and this idea that he doesn't really fully understand who he is. And so I feel like he's trying to find his self-worth in some other way like he's an omega level mutant he really doesn't need anyone else's husk to be able to thrive at his fullest potential but he doesn't feel self-worth he doesn't feel phoebe proud of himself right because of everything that's going on has gone on with phoebe so he's just like struggling to kind of make himself important not just phoebe as well it was the the whole monster use of his mind through the cerebro sword wasn't that like the first introduction of mikhail using the cerebro sword in x-force you had like these phantoms that looked like him killing people so his powers were essentially used against him in a way that and, and he was destroyed he was killed on that boat because, and he keeps on getting killed. He's the Kenny of the group. And it was a joke <laughs> at the beginning. But how does that affect him psychologically? Right. But if you think about him taking on like some of the husks that he's taking on, you know, like in the image, we saw a Wolverine and we saw Colossus. And in those instances, those they're and, physi- juggernaut. and juggernaut, right? Like their physicality is their and, and Emma's power. diamond. And Emma's diamond form. Right. So, like, does he get that? With I would all, assume. With their with, husk, he with, gets their DNA, so he gets their power as well. I'm not well. sure. Yeah. That's the part that I'm like, oh, what's going on? Yeah. Interesting. But I don't like it. Can the killer side of Omega Red be quieted? Is there a spot for him on X-Force if he wants it? Well, I don't think the killer side of him could be quieted, but and I that's do what they want. think there could, yeah, and therefore there could be a spot right, for right, him. Right. We that's, need you to murder people. Don't yeah. don't change. Never change, Omega. Just focus. Yeah, but in the same sense, you know, from his perspective, I could understand him being like, okay, I like to murder, so either Mikhail's going to use me to commit murder on his behalf or X-Force is going to use me to commit murder on their behalf. But what if I just want to commit murder on my own behalf? Sure. Yeah. And especially the fact that X-Force had 
previously manipulated and lied to him. And yeah. he just found that out. And so maybe X-Force wants him, but maybe he doesn't want X-Force. Right. I don't think he feels the, the Kukroan national pride to be able to change the corrupt system from within. You know, right. He's not... He's not trying to make X-Force be a better government organization from the shadows. No. Last but not least, Cerebrax. Do you feel solid on where this has come from? Not at all. <laughs> not even a little bit. This is more of a, it's a side effect of like, hey, time travel adventure and less of an intentionally corrupted computer. And just, let's just, we, we got this other guy going. I will just. As I've said, go along for the ride. See what we see. See what we see. Mysterious robot creatures. Not make any guesses. Yeah. Just see what we see. Now, I mean, you said we read our first three issues. They were the best in the the last episode, and I wholeheartedly agree with it. It's funny. It's not funny. I mean, it's just it is clear that the community agrees because those are the only issues that people are talking talking about about currently, Mm -hmm. and. What did you think about Wolverine as we transition to Wolverine? Um, well, I love Deadpool. <laughs> That's what I thought about Wolverine. Really? Really? I mean, there's... I love Deadpool as well, and I do... I like the danger story that's now building. I'm interested in the danger story. All right, all right. Oh, hold but, your thoughts. Hold yeah, your thoughts. Hold I guess my I, thoughts. I, I, you jumped the gun. Yeah. Let's talk about this Wolverine cover. That's cool. Literally people jumping from guns. <laughs> this, this perspective and the bullet details affecting the water is really cool. It is indeed. You got his grumble Gus face. And... Here we go. Wolverine, number 21. Page turn noise. We're back with this interesting framing style. The eyes around each page in the top corners and in the center corners. And just what I thought was kind of like a, a truck grill before, but I don't know if it's just... Uh, yeah, I don't know what it is, but it's the Deadpool style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an interesting way to just share focus in a unique page layout, and I wonder if it means anything or if we'll find if it means anything. Mm. Logan wants the briefcase, Deadpool wants to be friends, and they're both just getting shut up and have absolutely no impact by it. Like, There's no, ooh, ah, ooh, or like looking across. It's just... They're getting holes in their body. That's really it. To the point where Deadpool uses a gun to Wolverine's head as a way to shut him up yes, for a moment. to shoo him a bit. Hush, hush, darling. He pushes, I need you to be quiet. He pushes the tickle button, which is... Oh, my God. The little detail gun, on the gun. Yeah. The BFF drawing, the tickle button, the tough love arrow. It's the details. It's the, the details. Deadpool details yeah. for me. I love it. Oh, and what a beautiful title page it is. It says chain together. However, that's crossed out. And the real title is Deadpool rules. Wolverine drools. Exclamation points. And just this annotated recap page. Danger. Danger. It's danger. You know, from the danger room. From the danger room. Wolverine. Never heard of him. Glory days. Written by Benjamin Percy. Art by Adam Kubert. Colors by Frank Martin. Letters by Corey Petit. VCs Corey Petit. And you cannot forget. Deadpool head of X. Deadpool head of X. I love that we had an in-universe reference to Jonathan Hickman in this, too. Yes. But we get a little backstory. We're bringing back Weasel. Now, I only really know him from the Deadpool movies. He's played by T.J. Miller. Oh. And and that's why I include that as a segue. Essentially, the weapons supplier and tech guy in the chair now doing things on his own. T.J. Miller. And after Deadpool comes to visit him, 
we see he's got other clientele with Maverick. Merck's dishing about the Merck life slash aggressive Deadpool come-ons. And also Deadpool, don't tell anybody what your plans are, you dummy. Yeah, right. I'm just working on mutant stuff. Oh, you're not oh, really? you're interested in that? Mutant stuff? Everybody's interested in that. There's money in mutant stuff. Who even knows who Maverick is working for right now? Himself. Himself, yeah. As as we are reminded later on in a data page. We see Weasel on the next page. Their relationship history isn't something I know. Like, they're falling out. What's caused him to be here? Continuity is for losers. <laughs> Continuity is for losers. But but hugs. But hugs. But hugs. And a, and a nice list of what we've got. Well, shopping list. Deadpool's looking for an upgrade, and he got it. I do. I like this as a unique use of a data page. It seeds info and allows a joke or two to seven. <laughs> you know, it just it feels what like... Is- Mr. Ticklefingers. Mr. Ticklefingers. I don't know. Maybe we'll find out. Also, Xavier's sex tape. What? Hope we never find out. Don't want to know. A low-grade copy of New Mutants issue 98. What is New Mutants issue 98? I'm pretty sure that's the first appearance of Deadpool. Ah. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. But Holographic Image Inducer 2.0 with some upgrades. That'll be used in a bit. And something that's redacted. Don't use it in case of extreme emergency, which hopefully maybe next issue. But this is really cool. The upgraded image inducer. This is what Nightcrawler would wear to pass as a human. And kind of oh, embedded in like his watch for a while, especially in the Claremont run until he decided that he was no longer going to wear it. And he was just going to be himself. Just be himself. Yeah. Well, it's okay because, you know, Logan is a stick in the mug and Deadpool rocks. So. Yeah. <laughs> Right, right. Tree and a rock is who they shall be. And it's just cool to think about how upgraded this is in terms of technology to be able to show images separate from yourself, to be able to create a digital rendering of yourself running as you hide elsewhere. Yeah. That's really like quick response. Deadpool has some good points here too. You're up against the US CIA as a rogue agent. Like this would have been a terrible Krakoan event. That could yeah. have been, you know, a worldwide declaration of war if you're going against the CIA like this. Well, we've got another data page. Some inner thoughts from Dolores. Not what we usually see, this memo to self. It's a lot more casual and personal about her stances and less formal as an email. Talking about war- Maverick as the mole for Krakoa. We get a callback about the hand. Yeah, the Wolverine arm, which... Is not actually Wolverine's arm. Yeah, yeah. This, this is huge, though, what gets introduced with what Danger knows about mutants and their abilities and to be able to program an automaton with potentially fight patterns, memories, speech even. I don't know. It's crazy. Especially when thinking in context of the last page reveal, which I'm not entirely sure what it means as we go further. Me either. I don't know what any of it means. <laughs> this is, But this is like the real danger as we see all these Wolverines dropping in what she's able to produce the cia are just the current bidder the operation is all hers otherwise just focused on their mission she's creating or can create these replicas of krakoan citizens even a replica of the blackbird as a further impersonation but only the costumes that she remembers right right we can exchange important exposition while we fight i love it i just love it i love it as well it just makes so much more of a dynamic to it all that yeah it's, it's got fun. the action it's just a fun joke here and there and the art 
Oh, yeah. Amazing. Love it. As we get our flashback, Deadpool's mission and his ridiculousness. On that second page of the flashback, the automatons are talking. So I just think that that's interesting. This is an exchange essentially between danger and the CIA to get what they've brought in the briefcase for these automatons. Mm -hmm. And with her being able to communicate through them, how many can she control at once? I mean, she has a million screens around her at all times. I feel like she can control as many as she wants. That's true. She could control a whole danger room. So, And just think about how many Wolverines she's controlling as this is unraveling. Right. I think it's pretty unlimited as far as her power is concerned. But why is she doing all this? That's the big question. That's the thing that Wolverine can't understand. Aren't, aren't we supposed to be allies? Weren't we on the same side earlier? Well, Wolverine, I'm right there with you because I don't understand any of it. As right? I have just said, I don't understand any of it. Well, it's slowly unraveling. You know, we don't have the problem is we don't have those other characters to give us context in between. Here's what's going on. Deadpool I think. gives a little bit there. I, you know, I think I brought this up in a previous episode when we talked about this because I had learned from listening to the Gray Malkin Lane trial of Xavier that Xavier was not so nice to Danger. And I think Danger wants revenge. Yeah, but that was that was also a decent amount back. And I don't know if that's somehow reopened an old wound, but that was that was like early 2000s, I think, when that. But did was that revealed. get resolved? I mean, resolved. I don't know. You know, Danger seemingly then became a part of the X-Men and then worked on various teams. Is Danger a mutant? Uh, in the same way that Warlock is, it's kind of like mutated technology. You know, not following their prime directive or, you know, not in the sense of... Well, I'm just wondering, in same like... Way, in the same way Brew is a mutant. You know? Was Danger not welcome on Krakoa? Like, That's where... possible. I'm just trying to speculate or think about what her motivation could be and where it could be coming from and you know with what happens at the end of this issue it's clearly she's coming for them she's clearly got xavier on the brain or at least cerebro on the brain which for me this is where it gets a little like if wolverine and x-force are constantly intertwining and like i was talking to somebody on instagram the other day and I can't remember who it was, but it was through the podcast. And I said something like they, they, they talked about Wolverine and X-Force. And I was like, Wolverine is just the spinoff of X-Force. And they were like, that's the best way to describe it. It basically is. It's and, Wolverine doing solo missions, but right. also kind of connected to X-Force. It's basically Percy getting to expand plots, but with his lead character. Well, what I'm saying is, is this version of danger somehow connected to cerebrax like is that where cerebrax is coming from are those are these two stories going to come together or is it just like i was saying before it just happens to be two different technology evils i, I think they're separate but they may come together it'd be odd to introduce both elements and then just immediately bring them together for what is he going to do almost like a crossover between his two books which was basically what lives and deaths were yeah i don't know and and i know i understand that it's seeming like cerebrax is more connected to lives and deaths and russia and mikhail and, and this is like a new introduction of the nostalgia tour as we bringing in danger we're bringing in weasel we're bringing back maverick yeah i don't know it's interesting because it's a similar thought that I had had when we were talking about 
the two issues that Steve Orlando worked on, the, the Thunderbird and the Marauders, and how in both there was this recurring theme of manipulating and, mm. and taking away mutant powers to apply to other, whether it be humans or bird people, and that being a, a very visible thing because they both came out in the same week. And it's the same thing that I had said when Fear the Walking Dead came out, and it's like, well, now you have two shows that are telling the same story. Does that dilute your plots? Does that give you opportunity to create new things? Or is it just, I've got two machines to feed and yeah. one set of ideas? I don't know. Yeah. Because I do think that Danger could go in a very different direction than Cerebro. But it's also interesting that you're fighting the history of the X-Men. You're fighting the Cerebro and you're fighting the Danger Room. Right. Well, this is a beautiful splash page. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Danger in all the fights. Hunched over. She's got that computer neck. Worried <laughs> about neck, you. neck, as yeah. they call it. Worried about you, Danger. But then you think of the fact that this is another robot intelligence with extreme information on the mutants. Both, both of these, Both of these would spell certain doom and disaster for Krakoa if they aligned with Moira and... Omega and Nimrod, like, get Orcus out of here. Just create the robot council. Yikes. I do like this one single page of Wolverine. This isn't an audition. I mean, I'm a little upset with Deadpool for just teleporting, just telling, teleporting them right out of the situation. See, helping. You're not, though. He thinks he is, but also he's stupid. And that's kind of the callback is that he was running his mouth talking about his mission in front of mercenaries. And then they trapped him. You know, they double double crossed double him. crossed him. Now they're in an adamantium cage and their case has been yanked. We don't know what it is. We thought it was logic diamonds, but seems like something else. A brand new danger. Yeah, because that's a foot hands. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's kind of crazy. What's Danger trying to do? Become the new Professor X? Yeah, or it also makes you question how does this, how does having a, a copy or a makeup of a Cerebro unit affect Danger? Does it somehow tap into the Cerebro network? Is she able to access it because it's a machine and she's a machine versus the telepathy accessibility of it to... How These are all intertwine? great questions I don't know the answer to because I don't really know much at all about danger. Well, she's dangerous. That's that's the big takeaway I think you need. I got it. Got it. Noted. Cellmates is our last word of the issue. Ready for next month. We get a little standoff of Deadpool, Wolverine, and Maverick. Yikes. What would you think? I mean, we kind of were just talking about it. Just the, the connectivity between the two titles and... and is it feeling like there's almost repetition over them? or I don't know if it feels like repetition or it's just confusing because they generally are very connected. Like Wolverine kind of dips in and out of things that are connected to X-Force and right now they feel kind of like two separate stories and it's really just this idea of, for me, letting go of the overall timeline because in this instance, like... Right. it can't. Wh- who, what's happening when? Who right. knows? gates and times and who knows and this issue and when it's really just the information and then when you look back at it afterwards you're like oh okay this must have happened before this and after that and yeah 
no one's going to put that together. As long as it doesn't contradict itself is really the big point, but it does in terms of location and or ability to be alive and well. Yeah. I mean, overall, as a story, like in itself, I found it very enjoyable. I like the humor of Deadpool and the breaking of the fourth wall, things that I've said before. I like the dynamic between Wolverine and Deadpool. I think it's cool to get introduced for me to get introduced to new characters who are not new, but are new to me. And, you know, keep hitting us with those crazy last page reveals. Right. And I I did want to call out the we need a midpoint complication we couldn't have just solved it it's it's deadpool breaking the fourth wall of comics as well as the medium like percy's just having all sorts of fun with this right is great and it i think it has added a lot of new energy to the wolverine book and i like where this is going i do too i want to know what danger's abilities and and what this setup could be could have been the pencils and colors are gorgeous. I think Frank Martin might be one of my favorite colorists. Mm, yeah. Especially of the X line. I just feel like his work is always really impressive and, and really has these distinct flavors of where we are. Yes. Themes for different locations. Main question is what's what's the box? What's in the box? What even is this? Is danger and and kind of it's funny that you were asking this because it's my first question. Is danger connected to Cerebrax in some way? Right. Or or is that a potential connection down the line? Because I feel like Cerebrax just came online. Right. How I maybe it wasn't intentional, but it will weave later as we go. Yeah. I'm I'm curious, like I said before, is she able to access Cerebro in any way from a tech perspective? I'd imagine that's where the X-Men robots are coming from or or just her information of them. Yeah. I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. I can't even make a guess. You're all bubsed out. I d- yeah, maybe. Too many bubs. Too many bubs. A little midweek catch-up, though. Those those Solid. Yeah. Maybe next time we'll have to... If we have a big week, we'll have to save one of our favorites for the second episode. Yeah, yeah. Spice it up, you know? Right. But overall, good stuff. So yeah. just refresh me. What's coming What's coming at us tomorrow? Oh, right. Because New Comic Book Day is tomorrow, which this might even go up late Tuesday night, early Wednesday morning. Who knows? Who knows? We still got to do our afterthoughts for the Patreon will go up today as well. Yeah. Legion of X is our one and only X title. One and done. Plus an Infinity comic. Plus an Infinity comic that technically has already come out. Oh, but I haven't read it. And there's a lot outside of the X-Men world that's coming. Is Amazing Spider-Man number two. The Devil's Reign Omega number one, which is essentially the end to Devil's Reign. Mm-hmm. And then Captain Carter number three that you'll... Pop, pop, I read number two. Yeah, you did. That was just a couple days ago. I really... I'm intrigued for those of you who do not read Captain Carter. Betsy Braddock is in it, but she's Lizzie. And there has been mention of her family and her brother, Brian. And I'm just wondering if she's going to end up with mutant powers or if they're just nixing that completely. Yeah. I think it's going to play a little bit truer to her origins of being a precog in the strike unit. But... Mm. Well, well, that's still cool. Because it hasn't integrated any kind of powers, right? It's, right. She's just a there strike member. There's only one P 
panel where like it was a close up of her face and it kind of looked like her eyes got a little bit more purple but also I might have just been imagining that because I want her to have powers so butterflies were flying around were they telepathically no, contacted no butterflies and no she just like someone uh, said something mean about her and it was like close up on her eyes and I was like she gonna like do something to them maybe that's a issue three reveal Ooh, we'll find out until next time, old friend. Charles, keep track of your silly little helmets. Danger's got one. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Ex-Wife Podcast. Be sure to leave us a review and tell your friends. The Ex-Wife Podcast is produced in Providence, Rhode Island by Alicia and Justin. Our music is by Quan. 